To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinated Benchwarmers Podcast, Edition 48. Edition 48. <laughs> <laughs> we thank you guys, as always, for listening. We got our normal setup. I got Ramon here to my left, and I got Carlos calling in from San Antonio, which, ironically, I just touched down from my from San Antonio, fresh off the jet, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and Carlos just came back in from the Carolinas, man. What's up, man? What's going on, man? Hey, hey, what a fine week of football. You know, I enjoyed my time in Louisiana. <laughs> I enjoyed my time in the Carolinas. I'm back home from San Antonio. Hey, what a fine week of football. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> bro, you get, you get worse week by week, bro. Yeah. How can you follow it up, bro? Yeah, I, I don't know how to really follow it up, man. I just want to say what's up to all the listeners, man. We appreciate y'all week in and week out checking us out. Man, and I'm ready to get this rolling, ready to get it going. We got a lot of good stuff uh, to talk about, to run it about. So, as I usually say, let's let's jump into it. Man. I don't want to go any further because it's something I want to apologize. Something that I that I guess I overlooked last time. Shout out to the New York listeners and New Jersey area listeners and the support that we're getting from that area. And shout out to Shadow World Radio for carrying us. We appreciate you guys. And hey, man, they believe in us, so we gonna keep that. Just give us motivation to keep going. So, you know, shout out to them. Check them out on their platforms, that Shadow Worlds Radio, and you know, make sure you're checking out their content as well as our segment that we are on their on their platform. So, I didn't want to go any further without doing it. It's something that I forgot to mention last time, but you know, we we most definitely want to you know not pass over that. Um, but on another note, Antonio Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Good segment. How could we not? How could we not have an episode? It seems like we've been talking about this dude for over a year. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. A lot has happened over the weekend. You know, I was on vacation in San Antonio, like I mentioned, and you know, my phone just blowing up with notifications about the story that. That's been going on. I couldn't wait to get here with you guys to discuss it. And for the listeners that, you know, just to fill you in a little bit of the timeline, we're not going to go into, I guess, the very beginning when he started in Pittsburgh because we have an episode dedicated to that. I think it was one of our first episodes of this year. So make sure that you go on our Instagram, O underscore Benchwarmers, and basically the episode 
graphic is actually Antonio Brown. I don't remember what episode that was, but just scroll up and you can find an episode where we discuss Antonio Brown and we gave some projections of how this story would go. But, you know, last week we discussed it on last episode, right? Where, you know, it was a helmet issue. You know, he couldn't choose a helmet out of 40, 40 helmets that were given that, that were allowed. You know, next thing that we found out was that he had got some type of treatment over overseas and his foot was, feet was frostbitten. So he never really was around during the offseason as much as he should have been. And then it, reports came out that he would cussed out his GM, which is what we're picking up right now, which would turn out to be a big deal. Reports came out that he said that he called his GM a cracker. And from then on, here we are. So from that point on, they still were going to, they was going to allow him to play on Monday Night Football. Then he leaked the John Gruden clip with John Gruden is saying that, you know, you're the mis- most misunderstood guy that I've ever met. And then he was fined again. And that's when Antonio Brown put his foot down on Saturday morning and said that he wanted to be released on his Instagram and lo and behold, by that afternoon, the Raiders released them. And then we get another notification, which brings us right now to where we find out that the Patriots, with their known to do, it oftentimes pick up that quote-unquote misfit guy. They got Antonio Brown, who which Belichick wanted Antonio Brown via trade from a first-round pick. But now he got him for nothing. And now, here we are. So... I don't know what to make of it. That's the background. I kind of wanted to bounce it off your guys. I had a couple things I wanted to talk to about in this Antonio Brown segment, but I just want y'all to just give y'all first thoughts on it. All right. I'll start off. Uh, I think it's disgusting, bro. I mean, you know, when originally the, the stuff started, you know, Antonio Brown always wanted to be a patriot. Let's just say it, put it that way. Um, and there was reports out there that when the Steelers were looking to move him and move on from him, they uh, decided they weren't trading him to a division rival, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? They'll send him to someone like Oakland, who hasn't been successful lately. But they, they really were stuck on not sending him to the Patriots, rightfully so. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 you know, it, 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 nobody wants to see the Patriots do well. They, they won a championship last year without him, without him or Josh Gordon. And now, you know, you got those two guys there, and it's just, it gets to a point where, you know, where's David Stern when you need somebody to come through and, like, veto this, you know? Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, not, you know hey, bro, that kind of hurt me. Yeah. That kind of stung as a Laker fan, yeah. bro. No, I, I just, I, I, I mean, I hate it. I mean, I think everybody. So, like I said, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, no one wants to really see the Patriots do well. Outside of the Patriots fans, you don't want to see them get the, the the player that led the league in touchdowns last year on their team, you know, along with all the weapons they already have. You know what I'm saying? And they with that move it made them Super Bowl favorites and rightfully so, but it's just it's it's one of those things that it's unfair. He got there and he purposely caused a fit, right? That he was a problem player and I was just like, you know, no one can defend him. Why is he doing all this? But now it makes all makes all the sense in the world that he was doing this stuff on purpose just to get released, you know what I'm saying? He got his wish, and then he, you know, within hours, he signed with the Patriots, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of, it's one of those fishy moves, you know? It's one of those things that I think, you know, should, I think the, I think in, I know the Raiders wanted to get rid of him, 
and you know that circus and the problem that came with him. But I think the Raiders should at least held on to him for weeks, made him suffer, made him have a fines and stuff like that, and just deal with the backlash at all instead of letting him free and go and sign with a team like the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, my thoughts are kind of around the same kind of frame. Uh, this situation to me, I just it just doesn't sit right with me. Um, it's a situation in which Antonio Brown basically did everything he could, you know, to get himself out of there. Um, a lot of negative things that it seems like now he was pers- purposely doing. Um, but from that, essentially, he got rewarded for it. So all the stuff that he was doing that was negative towards the Raiders and this and that, he essentially from that got exactly what he wanted. And um, I just don't think that that's something that should be okay in the league. Like, I feel like there should be some type of stipulation where it should have been like a suspension that has to come with it. Or not just a suspension or just some kind of way where he can't play the full season with the Patriots. Or he's not available because of that release. He's not available until week 10, you know, after the bye weeks or something like that. Or just not even the whole season. I mean, I just don't think that it's, it's a good precedent for the league. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it, it just doesn't sit right with me. Plus, too, I mean, I don't like the Patriots. I'm going to be honest. Like, I'm sick of the Patriots. Yeah. And so, now you think you got a time, okay, well, Gronk is gone from the Patriots. You know, before this whole stuff a couple of weeks ago, you were looking at probably like Julian Edelman and Philip Dorsett being the weapons. Then a, a Josh Gordon situation happened. So, it's like, okay, now they got Josh Gordon. Then now they come and they get A.B. And so... Now we stuck once again with the Patriots being the Patriots. Well, I'm just going to call off his stats since 2015. Uh, 2015, 136 receptions, over 1,800 yards receiving, 10 touchdowns. 2016, 106 receptions, 1,200, over 1,200 yards, 12 touchdowns. 2017, 101 receptions, just over 1,500 yards receiving. Nine touchdowns, and then 2018, which was last year, 104 touchdowns, 1,200 yards. Oh, just over 1,200 yards, 15 touchdowns. I mean, my point is is that when you're good, when you he's probably one of the best receivers we've seen in this decade. You can make a case for that. I would say him and Megatron about what and what. But when you got a guy that is this good, it just proves they can get away with whatever they want to get away with. Uh, his behavior has been nothing less than... I think despicable. It's been, you know, just like Stephen A. said, it's been disappointing. You know, it's been embarrassing, you know, just like Stephen A. said. And I've been one of the guys that's been very, very vocal. If you listen to mm-hmm. us in defending A.B. Mm-hmm. And by the week, he just disappoints me a little more and a little more. I mean, it's, here's a guy that, you know, has been given the world. You complain about – first of all, you quit on your team last year, which I glossed over. Yeah. But you quit on your team. It was a game for y'all to get in the playoffs, and you quit on your team. You didn't show up and because of something. And then, yeah. then you know, the issue with you and, you know, Ryan Clark going back and forth, you know, it's something – it's nothing less than I respect. And then, you know, you listen to Ryan Clark say how he was and how he felt as though, you know, once they paid Antonio Brown – that then he would just be out of control. Yeah. And I, I'm when I heard Ryan Clark say that, I was like, man, I, I believe that AB has some, you know, some, you know, flamboyancy and he and some arrogance with him. But I didn't expect it to be as exact. It sounded exaggerated when Ryan Clark told that story. And now here we are. 
You know, the Raiders gave him everything that he wanted. Gave you $30 million guaranteed. And they invested you, took a chance on you. And you just, you get the money, it goes to your head. And then you just, you know, just pretty much just go crazy. So it's kind of like, you know, I don't even, you know, even in a deeper sense, I don't even see his peers defending him. And, you know, I've seen, I saw KD, and which we're going to talk about KD a little later. <laughs> but we, I saw KD, you know, coming on and giving him support and others. But correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I didn't see any of his peers correct so nah, support for this. I don't I see, see any of them speak up. No. I've never played NFL football, but. I played basketball on a, on a minor scale in high school, but I just couldn't see even as a teammate, even as a peer, resp- or even as a counterpart, respecting anything that AB has done this summer. And I think that it's, it, it says wonders because there there's guys that that are very vocal in the league that you know if they you know they could have said something in this instance like D Hop or Mike Thomas. You know Mike Thomas coming on on the adverse side of it, but he didn't come in on AB directly. You know, just guys that, you know, have a voice in the league. And they hadn't said anything. Right. So that lets me know right there that no one respects what he's what he's done. You know, I don't know what's going on. But, you know, I'm with you guys. I hate that the Patriots got another store. And, you know, virtually, like I told y'all in the group, me, virtually we got the Golden State Warriors of the NFL. Golden State, the addition of Golden State in the NFL. And, you know. I'm not with it. I, I'm not never with it. I, I don't respect it, man. I, you know, he's going to be fun to watch, though. <laughs> but I, I, See, it's not going to be yeah. fun to watch for me, man, because it's just going to annoy me that much, man. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's, I mean, they're going to, you know, like you said, it probably will be, in a sense, fun to watch for a lot of people. But for me, honestly, bro, I'm just kind of over it. I've been over it with the Patriots. Really didn't like how AB handled this situation. And so now you see really both of them really benefited and won from this, honestly. Uh, so I'm, I'm just not with it at all. So Belichick comments. Belichick said it is no different than Randy Moss. Then when they signed Randy Moss. And I'm paraphrasing, yeah. but that's basically what yeah. he said. I mean, A.B. or Randy Moss? <laughs> Wait, are you talking about talent-wise or are you talking about how the situation was? I ain't mean, talent-wise. They... Talent wise, they oh. might be up. Yeah. <laughs> they might be wood and wood, bro. Talent wise, uh, Antonio, yeah. Antonio Brown it may be one of the greatest receivers yeah. of all time. Peak, I'm still taking Moss. At the time that they were in their career, Randy Moss really had a resurgence with New England. So at the time they were in their career, it really would seem like AB at the time. Uh, but still, Peak, I'm taking Randy Moss, man. Yeah, I'm taking Randy Moss too, but. I would say that I regard it's Jerry Rice, it's Randy Moss, and then you got T.O. up there too, man. T.O. got to be up there. I love T.O. T.O. got to be up there. But I'm saying to for someone to tell me that A.B. is top five, I wouldn't have oh, a problem I, with I, that. I won't argue that. I wouldn't have a problem with I that. I won't argue that. So, I mean, but I think the difference between A.B. and Randy Moss and stuff, I don't feel like A.B., I don't feel like it's the same situation because Randy Moss, even though he had his ways, Randy Moss was that old school diva, you know, old school wide receiver diva. AB, I mean, this dude that put videos on the YouTube channel, him celebrating his release. Bruh. He put he released John Gruden's. Hey, I ain't gonna, one of his videos was kind of cold, co- though, bro. It was co- like a, a Nike type of video, bro. The one he put together, we, yeah, that was kind of rough. <laughs> but he, but, I mean, you listen to it. I was listening to Stu Guys, and they talked to his videographer, 
AB has a personal videographer and marketing team, and he hires people to put these videos together. You can tell. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, everything with AB just seems to be like a money thing, a money move. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. all. I mean, you think about the helmet move. You know what I'm saying? He turned that into an endorsement deal. You know, he was you know crying about the helmet. He turned that into an endorsement deal. You know, all this goes into attention for AB, and he's always been about AB. You know what I'm saying? It's. It, I mean, I can see how his teammates wouldn't like that. You know what I'm saying? Like the Raiders, you know, you can feel you get from them. You know, I don't know if y'all heard the crowd last night or if y'all, it was too late. Mm-hmm. Um, the Monday night, the second I Monday night game. When they, you know, you know, they the explicit, they were saying, you know. Um, forget much, AB. You know, yeah. But they yeah, didn't say yeah, it like that. You know, and so that 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 part is just like you know he he builds this this he wants he likes the t- attention negative or positive you know but that when you're in that locker room with him and you're a teammate of that you know you can ruin a locker room so I know to an extent his teammates were happy to get that distraction away no one would really come out and say that but they tired of the A B questions they tired of the A B circus that comes with him. Now it's interesting to see how he's going to behave because a lot of players come and say that the Patriots are a culture shock. They run things different when they come to that team. That's one thing Josh Wooden came and said when he originally got with the Patriots, um, that it's a culture shock because they run a smooth oil system. You know, you're just not going to do what you want to do. It's, you're not, it's not going to be the A-B show, so it'll be interesting to see how long he stay on the team or does he finish the season. So my question to y'all would be, do you think AB finish, finishes the year with the Patriots? Yeah, that was my next question. But I want you to, to answer this because I want to get it on record. Do you feel like Belichick was correct in saying that AB situation the same as Randy Moss? I, to, the, to an extent, yes. Because hmm. when they did get Randy Moss, everyone was saying, oh, it's going to be a problem. Randy Moss is a problem. You know, you know, they were saying those type of things. So I get what he's saying. I get the, the context in which he was saying that. That when they did get Randy Moss, they were saying, oh, he's a problem, blah, blah, blah. But it's a difference, though, in that context. Randy Moss always was complaint was, get him the ball. He want the ball. You know what I'm saying? A.B. is, yes, get him the ball, but it's the other stuff oh, that comes with A.B. It's the, it's, the off, it's the off the field stuff that comes with A.B. Randy Moss didn't necessarily have the off the field stuff, so... Um, you know, later in his career, that is. And so that that's the stuff that, that they got to be ready for, A.B., that he is a businessman, that he make moves off his money. You know what I'm saying? And that that's the difference in Randy Moss and A.B. to me. What do yeah. you think? Yeah, I, I really, it's similar, but I won't say it's the same either. I don't think it's the same. I think that A.B., A.B. is just a different dude, bro. Like, it's a different animal. I don't know if we've seen a diva of this level, you know, up until this point. And so, like, with A.B., you just don't know what to expect from him. You don't know if it's going to come to a week 17 where all of a sudden he don't feel like showing up, but he got this matter that he feel like he needs to tend to, and then he just not there. You know, you you just don't know with A.B. Like, you don't know how to case him. And the thing is, he said before, you know, I don't need the money at this point. Like, I, I've made money in my career. I don't need this. I don't need that. He so, said that interview. Yeah, yeah. So, so, that's almost a threat that, like, he can walk away from the game at any point. If Tom Brady starts calling him out or gets a certain way in the huddle or, like, certain, you know, like, A.B. might walk away from it. You know, he's not going to take no yeah. public humiliation or as humble much, himself. Bro, or, as much as Ben Roethlis force-fed this man yeah. over the past five years, I, I, I read out the numbers that yeah. he's put up, you know, and for him to be, you know, 
essentially just taking a dump on Ben Roethlisberger. Like they don't have no type of relationship yeah. and rapport. It's ridiculous. It's it's crazy. But you know, I'm I'm with you guys. I don't think that the situation is the same. I think that Belichick has a way with language. And at this point, you know, just same with Coach Pop. When these coaches become so decorated, like Coach Pop and, and Coach Belichick and win so many championships, they basically don't want to deal with the media. And they're going to just keep it 100. So they know how to play the game. They yeah. know how to word things, you know, and they know how to, you know, play around and dance around it. But him saying that the situation is similar is to quiet the, the media down. But yeah. and essentially we know that this situation is not the same. We never seen a player as selfish as Antonio Brown. Right. Let's keep it real. He may be the most selfish NFL player I've ever seen in my lifetime. And I'm sure I've talked to my dad about this. And even in his lifetime, he's never seen somebody as selfish as him. We've seen the Ocho Cinco's. We've seen the Terrell Owens. We've seen, you know, just, just guys that, that, that are always causing a problem. But we've never seen an no. Antonio Brown. So. No. I mean, I think that it's ridiculous. I just think that Belichick was just dancing around the media, and you know, it's it's to Carlos' question, like you know, like we like like he said, you know, do we feel like Antonio Brown is gonna even finish the season with the Patriots? Oh, I say, I, I say he. I, somebody else go. I can't. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, man. <laughs> it's tough. I can see it two ways, but honestly, I if I have to choose one. I'm going to say he does finish the season with the Patriots. Um, I think he's going to try to prove a point in a sense um, and, and try to stick it out. So if I had to choose, which is hard to choose. Yeah, it is. You don't never know what this dude, you, man. You never know what to expect. Like, A.B. could literally show up a day or two from now and say, you know what, I'm tired of playing football. Like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to. You know, he get the the weather could get cold out there in New England. He can decide I don't want to keep playing in the cold weather. I didn't did this my whole career. I don't want this anymore. So you just never know what to expect with the dude, man. So so what you? I, I mean, I, I think I think he's gonna keep his nose clean for a little bit for a few weeks, right? You know, maybe mid season or something. Something's gonna come up. You know, maybe he's not getting the ball the touches that he want to get. You know, because they have a lot of mouths to feed. And, and Tom Brady loves to feed his running backs, as we've seen this past Sunday, where, you know, Rex, Rex Burkhead and James White, you know, they're they're leading the team in targets. And Edelman, or, and Edelman, he's getting his touches. You know, you got Josh Gordon with the deep shots. Maybe he is not getting those touches that he's used to. The team is doing well, but A.B. is making it about him. So I see eventually that causing a problem. You know, this would be the true test. Of what type of person AB is? Is he does he care about the wins, or does he care about his numbers? You know, because the Patriots are going to win just based off their division, the division that they're in. You know, they have you know it's already already known that the the Patriots have the weakest division every year, so which automatically puts them in the playoffs every year. So if they time it out and you know keep their players fresh enough and game plan correctly they're going to be in contention every year so again it's going to it's going to really tell what type of player ab is if does he care about the numbers or does he care about the wins his numbers or does he care about the wins so for both of y'all did y'all say he he gonna finish it i didn't even get my yeah, answer yet he's gonna finish the season lows i i think he's going to have trouble later on but he's gonna finish the season with the patriots yeah, I think that I don't know. I, I mean, we both hate we. I this could be in Las Vegas, like a betting in Las Vegas, because Antonio Brown has been so 
unpredictable. You really don't know what he's going to do. But to stay on the safe side, and so I won't sound like an idiot, <laughs> I'm going to say, for podcast purposes, I'm going to say he finishes the season. I mean, after all the drama that he's been through, I, I just, I mean, after all the drama that he's, that he's portrayed, I just couldn't, I just vague, I just really couldn't see in my vision something else, him causing himself not to play in this football season because <clears throat> just like Los mentioned, he's a businessman and he understands that his business is not going to go if he's not on that field in his prime. You know, half of his popularity and the the merch he can sell, his his social media following, all of that is predicated on how he how well he played that Sunday. So I think that he looks at the opportunity that he's went from David Oh, why I always mess up his Derek name? Carr. Derek Carr. You always say the older yeah. brother. Yeah, <laughs> Derek Carr. You know the fact that he went from Derek Carr to a, a, fir- a first ballot Hall of Famer in Tom Brady. I think that he sees value in that, and I think he's gonna behave himself. You know, so that leads to the next question. It, it's just so many avenues, and I don't want to make this an Antonio yeah. Brown podcast. <laughs> right. So right. we about to wrap this up yeah. in the next couple minutes. But uh, Jerry Rice. the Arguably, debatably, the greatest wide receiver of all Dope, time. Uh, shout out to Mississippi Valley State. Yeah. HBCU <laughs> graduate yeah. is the greatest wide receiver of all time. But if let's let's do this. If Jerry Rice said that, basically, I'm paraphrasing again, and that Antonio Brown is the Denzel Washington and should get an Academy Award. He never wanted to be a Raider. And his plan was always to push his way to the Patriots. To give a little more context, I was I watched that interview that First Take did with. I had a lot of time on my hands on vacation. I watched it. Yeah, <laughs> I watched like, you been real good. Man. I watched the agent um, interview, and you know Stephen A. Just you know, shout out to Stephen A. If he's listening, <laughs> but uh, he asked him straight up. You know, he was like, "Hey, look, I feel like AB had no intentions of being a Raider." And I feel like he pushed. I feel like he always wanted to be a patriot. Paraphrasing again, and you know the agent said this. That is absolutely one thousand percent untrue. So, is Jerry Rice and Stephen A. right? Do you think that this is always in the plan? Do you think that Antonio Brown is that smart of a mastermind to push his way from the Raiders to the Patriots? Absolutely, absolutely. This was the plan from the beginning. You know, and anybody can look at it. I mean, I think A.B. has always had his issues, obviously. But, I mean, I think, obviously, this was his plan from the beginning. If you look at the cookie trail of the stuff that he's done and how crazy and how he's made small things a big issue, like helmets and stuff like that, you know, little small issues, you know, getting fined, not, not showing up to practices. He's not doing his part. What did he want the team to do? You know what I'm saying? What did he he, you know, he think he's against the rules of getting fined if he's not, if he's showing up late, you know what I'm saying, those type of things, so, yeah, this was all in his plans, you know, and he used the power of social media, because every time you drop something on social media, you know, um, everybody takes off, they see it, and it, it becomes bigger than what it is, you know, so, yes, absolutely, and so, of course, his agent is going to say all the right things, right. because they can investigate, <laughs> yeah. they're going to invest, they can investigate that type of stuff, and he can possibly get in trouble for that type of stuff, so they're not going to criminalize themselves yeah and like you said even with the whole social media thing i mean it said that he sought out social media consultants to figure out right. you know what he needed to do to to get the release look at all the stuff you can do when you're a multi-millionaire yeah. i didn't even know they had though yeah <laughs> so he had a social media so it definitely this seemed like it was all a plan man 
Uh, he literally did everything that he could do to make the environment uncomfortable. Um, everything that he could do to make them. And the thing about it, John Gruden actually kind of made it hard for A.B. Because A.B. kept doing stuff and John Gruden was just like, you know what? We still he believe was a champ. in you. He was a you champ, know, he right? He was like, you know what? We still want you to be a part of this team. He was you know? a, yeah. yeah. I, I think, you know, I guess I should give my opinion on that first and then I'll get to John Gruden. Uh, but I I don't think I, I don't think that I don't think that it I don't think when he got to when he touched down in that hot air balloon <laughs> in Oakland, I don't feel like I don't feel like he had plans that initial moment to become a Patriot. I don't I don't feel like it. I don't feel like he got to Oakland and his plan all along was it. I don't think it was that bad of a situation in Oakland. I think that was the best situation he could go to. I think that him being there automatically comp- uh, uh, catapulted the Raiders into contention. I, I, I feel like when he first got there, he genuinely was excited. But I do think that the helmet issue kind of, you know, I think that that kind of, you know, made him, you know, upset. And then no, no, ain't no telling what happened behind the scenes. But I think him being fine, I think that Mayock and the owner treating him as though he was a, a regular player, I think that that's what triggered his anger because of his arrogance. You know, I think that he's like, oh, you know, I'm supposed to act a doggone fool and not get fined, miss as many practices I want to, and do whatever I want to. And when they gave him that letter to be fine, I think that's what triggered him. Now, once he was triggered, once he posted that letter on on his, on his Instagram, I think that once that happened, I think that the Patriots was, was beginning to become an exit route for him. And that's what caused him to act as crazy as he did unorthodox, what we deem to be unorthodox towards the end of his his stint in Oakland. I think that once he once he got that letter, he was like, man, whatever. His, his agent hit him up. He's like, look, the Patriots are always taking us, you know, taking the best. So I think once that happened, once he knew that the Patriots were going to sign him, I think that's when he pushed for his release and, you know, the story goes on. But I think it's sad. And I, th- I, I don't personally, I like, I respect him on the field. And, and his ability and how hard he works, but I don't respect it, me personally. But, nah, yeah, me neither. But uh, the other point, John Gruden. John Gruden, you know, he's known as a militant-type coach. You know, he's known as the guy that, you know, really, you know, he shipped out Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper, which I said a couple episodes ago. I don't really feel like they're divas like Antonio Brown. Nah. But, you know, it, you know, it, it's just like in his Buccaneers days, he, you know, he's just really a model coach of, you know, kind of like remember the Titans old school type guy. Everybody's the same. I want to treat everybody the same. And, you know, you can get with it or get out. And, you know, but with this situation and how unorthodox AB has acted, he's handled it like a champ, like you mentioned, Ramon. Like, you know, he's yeah. been supportive of AB. He said we want to be a part of the team. Do you think that, the philosophy of that ultimately now when we look at the at the Raiders performance in week one, you know, you that philosophy worked. You know, ultimately him just, you know, sweeping it under the rug, you know, keeping that aside from the team. Cause ain't no telling what he told the team. Yeah. But in the media, you know, he didn't allow A B to really become that ultimate distraction. Because, you know, he's protected his players. Like you didn't hear uh Derek Carr talked too much about yeah. it. You know, you didn't hear the other Raiders play, so I think he handled it well. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that he handled it pretty well. I think that I think that part of him handling the way he handled it, I still think that 
I hate to say it this way, but I think it was still a little selfish in nature. I think that he knew that he invested something into AB um, and knew that, you know, okay, he's trying to turn this thing around in Oakland. And he has done the things such as ship out the Khalil Mack, such as ship out Amari Cooper. And it wasn't, you know, he didn't want another situation where, okay, now there's another guy, a marquee name, that's heading out of here. Uh, but he did stand right there with A.B. through everything A.B. was doing up until the point that A.B. got released. So um, there's nothing A.B. could ever, to me, really say negative about John Gruden because Gruden was there throughout the process to try to support him as much as possible. Yeah. <laughs> Lowe's is basically <laughs> tired of talking about yeah. A.B. He like, come I'm on, tired I'm tired of, yeah, <laughs> tired of talking about this dude. I'm tired of talking about AB too, man. Let's move on, man. Just like I was mentioning, a big week in fantasy football. Man, how did y'all fantasy teams fare, man? And I ain't just talking about uh, our league. Should we just do our league? I, I, period, man. I, so, I'm in, well, I guess I'll say I'm in two leagues, you know, just kind of taking it light this year. And I, I hate to kind of gloat, but I do kind of like to gloat that I was a top-scoring team in both oh, of my leagues. Oh, look at this dude. In both of my leagues in week one. So, week one was a solid week for me. Of course, I'm not looking at week one and thinking, oh, the work is done and I'm about to coast through the year. Never look at it that way. Week one is just week one. But it was an effective week for me in fantasy football, man. Man, I, I mean, I lost, I lost I, as y'all know, I lost in our league. Uh, I didn't have a, a pretty a pretty great showing. Uh, <laughs> not I mean, I, I think that ultimately, I mean, fantasy, you never can guess. I mean, I mean, who who would have thought Ben Roethlisberger would just come out there and just fall on his face like he did? And I think that that killed me. Uh, I mean, it it just you know, but that's the that's the fun in it, you know, because I can bounce back and be more motivated, and I feel like my team is gonna go out there and and you know shake back. <laughs> Yeah, um, this week, uh, my face reminds, like you mentioned, he was the <laughs> highest scoring person in the league, um, you know, and I, fin- I think I finished second or third, third is highest scoring, so it was just high scoring matches, it came all the way down to the end, um, you know, I had a small shot to win at the end, but I really needed, you know, the Broncos defense to play well, which, you know, that's unlikely to happen going into the night game, so I pretty much knew it was over going into the Monday night game, but, you know, like he said, you know, you can win. You know, right now I'm six out of 12 teams in the league right outside the playoffs with the playoffs started today, you know. Um, so, I mean, I, I look at it as a positive. My team played well, really well. Um, and I had some spots where my team could have played better, you know. Jerry Goff didn't have a great game, you know what I'm saying. If we're talking specifically, that's my quarterback. Um, you know, not the OTO, but that's my quarterback. Right. Uh, and so um, I have him and then, you know, Barkley, you know, they, they scaled him back. You know, I was a little disappointed. They scaled him all the way back. Um, once the game kind of got out of hand when they played Dallas, um, he had the big run, the, the one carry for 59 yards. So I'm like, okay, you know, maybe he can match McCaffrey's output. You know, you know, I was, I was a team that faced McCaffrey. You know, we you know he almost put up 50 points this week. So it was kind of hard to say I only lost by less than 20 points facing McCaffrey. Um, I think uh, I, I'm, I'm feeling good about my team. I'm not discouraged at all. Yeah, I'm not discouraged at all. I mean, I had freaking uh, – I had Jamison on the bench, and I had Deshaun Jackson on the bench, which I easily would have won if I would have plugged one of those guys in in my in my lineup. Jamison, what Jamison? Antoine Jamison. 
Antoine Jameson, that's a basketball player. Not Antoine Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about Jameson Crowder. <laughs> Jameson Crowder. Come on, man. Y'all got to stop doing it. Y'all knew what I was talking about. Jameson. He's made his switch voice on it. I just said, I said Jameson. But, uh, I mean, I, like I told you guys in, in, in our pre, you know, fantasy football episode, I, I feel like Jameson Crowder is going to be the main targeted, you know, because uh, Gates, Adam Gates love targeting that slot position. So, I I mean, Antoine Jameson, I mean, not Antoine ja- <laughs> Jameson. Antoine, you just can't get it right, bro. <laughs> Jameson Crowder. <laughs> Jameson Crowder. Jameson Crowder was targeted 14 times uh, this weekend. It's not a fluke. Like, that's going to happen every week. He's going to be targeted at least no less than 10 times a game. And he has great hands, and he's going to do it. He had 14. He had 13 catches and not, 13 catches for 99 yards. So, uh, I had him on the bench, and I had Deshaun Jackson on the bench. But I mean, I wasn't gonna plug them in, you know, because I, you know, I have yeah. better receivers. But I mean, if you had those two on your bench and you can afford to, man, I, I mean, I, I'm debating. I don't know where I'm gonna put Deshaun Jackson at that flex or Jameson at that flex. I mean, did I say it right? Yeah, Jameson at that flex. But I don't know. I got a toss up right there, you know. So I, I like how my team gonna do yeah, I, too. I, I, but in other in other leagues, I did well. Like in my other league, I was the number one scorer in the league, and I I, I blew him away. So yeah, I'm, I'm proud of that. So I mean, I'm in four leagues. So I mean, yeah, I think Marlon Mack found his way yeah, to my starting line. Speaking lineup, of which, man. speaking of which, let's let's move on. Let's move on, guys. Let's go. For our fantasy players, we're going to get into this segment called that we're starting, starting today, starting this episode going forward. We're going to do fantasy studs and fantasy duds. So we're going to start off with fantasy studs. Oh, so. I mean, the, the quickest one, the easiest one, you got to start off with Christian McCaffrey, man. Like, nice. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I, 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 look, look, little still salty. Little salty. Oh, I hear the salty. Hey, I see the salty. Hey, what, what, what y'all got to get why Los is so salty, too, is not only the fact that we were going against each other, but he was literally at the game watching Christian McCaffrey live, like, go off on him and eat, and Christian McCaffrey just – Put up like he said, forty two point nine points in our PPR league. Um, and once once again, he was just Carolina's offense. So anything that they needed, he was there for it. And once he got going and rolling, he really should have put up even closer to fifty if he didn't get vultured. Uh, that one time where he fell at the one yard line and the fullback came in and got it. But uh, I mean, I think that he was definitely a, a fantasy stud when you look at his numbers. He put up. Okay. Okay. No, I, I like that. That's a good move. You know, just a little tidbit from the game, you know, just sitting in the crowd watching the game. Um, and you can hear their fans, even their fans are saying, like, all the fans around them say, you know, where the heck would we be if Christian McCaffrey <laughs> wasn't on his team? He right. was a team, you know. And so that's a good stud, you know, reminder. And, you know, it was just unfortunate that I was going against him that week, um, this week. I had him in daily fantasy a couple places. Um, but he he is he is he 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 he's the real deal, you know. But I'm gonna go to my dud and I come around to my stud. My dud. Brady's gonna switch the segment, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> no, because I was at the game. Since we on topic, since we on topic, I was at the game. My dud is Cam Newton, you know. Yeah. And watching Cam Newton at that game, yes, Christian McCaffrey went off, but Cam Newton is not right. And I want the listeners to hear this and notice. Cam Newton is not right. I don't know, you know, if the foot injury is still causing problems because he's not running like he used to. And 
Um, and his arm is not right. He missed um, uh, Curtis Samuel for a deep ball. It would have been an easy touchdown. He missed open receivers like four or five times. You watch the film in that game. He missed a lot of open receivers. I don't know if it was just rust from him not really playing in the preseason and, you know, having the surgery um, during the offseason. But he he's not right, you know, and you can list the fans who are just really upset with him. You know, Cam can't give you that rushing ability with his feet. He's not a threat. You know, he's never been the most accurate quarterback anyway. Then Cam is not going to be the Superman old Cam that we've known in the past. So I would just say, you know, for now, if you got the opportunity to bench him, that's my fantasy dud. So I ain't trying to go off topic, but I just had to mention it. But we have a fantasy dud segment coming up. What's your fantasy stud? My fantasy stud is Lamar Jackson. You know, I'm going to yeah. just... I, I, I had him Lamar in one Jackson, of my leagues. I was high on Lamar Jackson going into the year. And, you know, I, I want to temper expectations because he did play the worst team in the league in the Dolphins. But, but he showed, you know, even if he played the worst team in the, in, in, the, in the league, they're still all professionals. And he was accurate with his passes. That's the most important part. With the deep ball, with his slants. Um, you know, he really wasn't using his legs, you know, like, like we really thought he was. But if he's connecting on those long passes and, you know, he's being that threat, he's opening up the whole offense, um, you know, and they end up pulling him like third quarter or something like that where Ryan, um, Ryan Griffin, where um, RG3 um, got in and threw some touchdowns. It was, you know, that's embarrassing when you got the backup quarterback coming in like it's preseason or something. You know, and they, they totally embarrassed the, the Dolphins. But I just wanted to um, point out my fantasy stud in Lamar Jackson, especially his comment after the game. I just love the fire with him. Yeah. When he was like, you know, this is great, you know, for a running back, you know, that was supposed to be, you know, because the big knock on him, people say, oh, maybe he should switch to receiver. Maybe he should switch to running back. You know, trying to put him in this box, you know, because he, he has, he's fast and he can run. You know, he has legs. And, uh, he showed that he can be more than that. He can be a pocket passer. So I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to see how he do. You know, this week he has the Cardinals, so he in another smash spot this week. You know, against the Cardinals, who is a fast-paced team. You know, which will give him a lot of opportunities to go off this week. I'm going go with a fantasy stud of mine uh, that I I kind of was paying a uh, kind of like an eye to in the preseason or whatever, but uh, he he proved to really kind of. Not disappoint me, and that's that's Hodgkin's Hodgkin. What did he say? Hawkinson. Hawkinson. My boy, yeah. From boy, from too. Iowa, he had a very very big game, and I I know that we are taught as fantasy players not to really kind of target rookie tight ends because they they don't really do well typically in their in their debut. But I mean, he he set a record in his debut, had the most I think reception yards as a rookie tight end, and. You know, in, in the lines, and if you look at the, I don't know, like ESPN or percentages, but I know the, that the percentage of his ownership is very, very, very low. So if you're able to grab him on the on the waiver wire, you're basically getting what I saw in week one, a wide receiver one type guy from the lines. And that's just what I've seen from preseason, what I've seen the type of camp that he had there, very high on him. And he's, he's going to be a very, very huge component in the Lions offense. And it's so many studs. I mean, Marquise yeah. Brown uh, had a great game. I don't think – I mean, he had four receptions. For, he had two touchdowns. I had him – you know, I didn't have him in one of my leagues, but Lamar Jackson's on my team. So, But, I mean, you know, that's – Did you know he was – did you know he was cousins with Antonio Brown? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hollywood Brown. So, 
Um, so fantasy duds. Wait, one more stud that we didn't mention: Sammy Watkins, man. What about oh yeah, Sammy he had a Watkins great game. He's healthy yeah. for 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 the. I tweeted this the first time in 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 maybe three years. He's healthy, and yeah. we see what he. Unfortunately, he he couldn't be there for y'all los in in uh for the Rams, but uh, I mean, he's finally healthy and. He is going to torch defense. And think about this, you know, with the uncertainty with the Tyreek Hill situation, like he has a chance to really eat in that offense. Yeah, like he had for sure. Three touchdowns this past week, 198 receiving yeah. yards. So, and, and your you boy Nicole, Nicole Harmon, gone. He, he didn't have a reception this week. But, I mean, I think he's going to be a, a pivotal part of the offense now. How about Patrick Mahomes making fantasy owners mad with the, with the no look? Oh, that yeah, would have been a yeah. touchdown. That, I mean, <laughs> I'm glad I have Patrick Mahomes. That would have pissed me off. Yeah, and, like and, that, that, and Travis Kelsey owners, I know they had to be upset. Yeah, man. I'm glad I was playing against Travis Kelsey in one of my leagues, so I was tripping. So... I'm looking at the at the Yahoo uh, <laughs> at the Yahoo uh, notification, and it said that Philadelphia defenses have been dropped by twenty thousand teams in the league. I mean, Malik Jackson took a spill, and uh, he got carted off, and it turns out that he's going to be out for the year. I mean, what does that mean for the Eagles? Because the Eagles secondary was already weak, and you know they got this big time free agents in Malik Jackson. And now he's taking a fall. So, I mean, basically, Philadelphia is the defense you're looking forward to facing right now. Yeah, I mean, Philadelphia, it, you, it's just, it's just a, I mean, it's still a lot of weird things that happen week one. Oh, I forgot you know, to do fantasy duds. <laughs> you, yeah, you didn't get your dud in? I thought you were saying you the Eagles defense was kind of a, a dud as well. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's what I, 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 that's I, what I thought you were going with. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm with it. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it was a weird week. I mean, you look at the Philly team that came close to losing to a Washington team that no one expected them to be even in, in the game with them. You know, and so with that team getting showed up by Washington offense, who, you know, I, I promise you a lot of people can't even name, like, maybe – you know, four of their receivers on their team. You know what I'm saying? Like, they are a team that's, you know, that's pretty much in a retooling situation right now. They they have their quarterback of the future, but he's not, he hasn't taken hold of that starting position. You know, and their defense is okay. You know what I'm saying? But it's just, it's one of those situations where Philly, I think, was put on notice this week. You know, if they don't get their stuff together, maybe they're not Super Bowl contenders like, you know, they've been in the past. You know, so I'm, I'm interested to see you know, if it's just a, one of those division games where, you know, you always play tight um, or if it's one of those things where they just aren't good. Um, but another thing is, you know, and I have to take ownership of this, is the uh, Cleveland Browns, man. I was all <laughs> on them. I was on them hard, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But I got it. It's still early. It's, it's week, still one, week one, man. It's week one. It's week one. But come on, man. The Tennessee Titans, are, they got embarrassed this week. Um, against the Tennessee Titans, so that was one of those things that I'm gonna take ownership on because I was I was I was eating all the hype on the Browns and they got completely embarrassed this week by the Titans. So who's your dud? Oh, fantasy dud. I would say that my fantasy dud. It was kind of a split, but I'm gonna go with Mike Evans. Uh, as my dude this week because that whole offense was just <laughs> pathetic. Yeah, you know? I, like, I mean, I have O.J. Howard on my team, so I can count him kind of as a dud as well. But that whole offense was just pathetic against the 49ers. And honestly, coming into this year, I didn't view the 49ers as having this like ridiculous defense that was just going to come and shut things down. But 
I mean, Jameis looked terrible. That last interception that he threw oh, was, was, <laughs> it was absolutely typical Jameis Winston. Um, and it just caused Mike Evans to be a dud. Uh, so that's my dud. And my second dud really would be, um, I don't know if this one totally counts because the Bears' defense is just great, but Aaron Jones was a was a dud this week. Uh, he didn't have really much of an impact at all out there, so uh, he would be a second one. But that Bears' defense is just so nice; yeah, and it kind of made everybody on that <laughs> offense. When you, got, when you got two of the top, one of the two of the top linebackers in the league, not in the division, not in the conference, in the league, and Roquan Smith and Khalil Mack. I mean, what do you expect? Yeah, that, you know, that defense is nasty. So, uh, my fantasy dud, I mean, it's a couple. Uh, Low stole mine with Cam, but um, I have to say Ben Roethlisberger. Um, or, or, I mean, Winston. Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. But Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, he was very, very disappointed. Didn't have a single touchdown pass last night. Um, I mean, Monday night. Was that last night? No, Sunday night. Sunday night, yeah. And he just looked... He just fell out, fell on his face. Like I don't understand what what it is with being in the beginning of the year, but it do seem like in week one and week two, it do take him a couple weeks to get to get warmed up. But as a fantasy player, and you put him in your lineup, you expect him to show up, and he missed a lot of opportunity. He was missing a lot of receivers. He just wasn't accurate. I mean, he he Man. just was terrible. You know somebody out there, though, lost on that last little throw to Vance McDonald. Some fantasy owner lost the game because he had that garbage time throw to Vance McDonald at the end of the game. But, yeah, he definitely was a dud. I mean, that whole offense was really a dud. Yeah, like, even with Juju being the number one man, like, he didn't look like a number one man. Like, he really couldn't get open. And, I mean, that you know, that, that that's, the, that, that's, that's the defense. Being because his receivers weren't getting open, so I mean that Patriots defense is nice though, man. Yeah, they that are Patriots nice. defense is nice. Yeah, with Jamie Collins and and them boys McCordy out there, but yeah, those that's my dud. That's that'll wrap up the stud dud segment that we starting. We hope that you enjoy. It. Maybe get some little fancy insight on it. Uh, so moving along, week one was done. Who are you most? What team were you most impressed by? And why? Um, I, I guess I'll start off. Uh, I would say I'm most impressed by the Tennessee Titans, uh, kind of really from the shock factor. Because heading into that matchup, honestly, everybody's looking to kind of, as Los was saying, the coronation of the of, of the Cleveland Browns. You know, this is the Browns coming out party. They about to, you know, show this prolific offense. Defense been developing. Um, and the Titans really just came and smacked them in the mouth. Um, and played a complete football game on both sides of the ball. Ran the ball at will. Derrick Henry had a nice game. Um, but then also, too, even Delaney Walker got loose on them. Um, it was really just a, a dominant performance by the Tennessee Titans. And so I think that they really stuck out to me because, honestly, I wasn't expecting that from Tennessee at all. And I really thought going into that game, if you asked me to pick the game before it started, I would have picked the Cleveland Browns. And if you said one team was going to blow out the other team, I would have said it would be the Cleveland Browns. And so um, they really stuck out to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I was disappointed in it too. I mean, who would have ever expected the Titans, how bad they looked last year. But it looks like Mariota has taken some strides uh, in the right direction. Derrick Henry had a monster game. Yeah, monster. He started off slow, but he really, he really picked it up. Uh, Delaney Walker was Delaney Walker. I'm so happy I have him on my fantasy team. 
Uh, he is who he is. He is the number one target there. Mariota is always looking his way. He's a huge target. Uh, I do think that the Cleveland people were kind of oversold on on Cleveland and you know and everything, and they just think that just because names come together that it's gonna work. But it takes time for those teams yeah. to mesh and to 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 you know to to get a continuity going. So they'll be fine though. They'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, they'll be fine. So I'll take I'll go next. I think that my most impressive team I would have to go with is I I want to go with the Raiders, man. I, I, they really impressed me in the fact that they they had a lot of distractions centered around them, and but they came out and they dominated. Now they are facing a, a washed uh, Joe Flacco and you know a a, a a defensive Broncos team that's not as good as they were. But they went out there and handled business, and I think they really got a franchise running back in Josh Jacobs. He didn't disappoint. Uh, I think that uh, Derek Carr has taken some strides in the right direction. Uh, Tyrell Williams stepped up. Um, the tight end, sleeper tight end. I forgot his name. I don't remember his name either. Waller. Waller, yeah. He he's 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 looked he looked good. They didn't they did they didn't seem to miss Jared Cook too much. So I mean they looked great, and I I just admire how they came out there. You know, despite all of the distraction with with the Antonio Brown fiasco, I think that John Gruden and those boys, and Derek Carr and those boys deserve a little credit and and deserve some flowers for how they performed in Week One. Yeah, that that's actually going to be mine, but you know I actually kept a backup just in case you grabbed that one. So for mine, you know I'm gonna go with uh, the Cowboys. Let's go with America's team. You know. You look at their team, and you look at, you know, no one really expected their offense to be as good as it was week one. Again, we all, with everything that we're saying on this podcast, we're tempering our expectations. We know it's just week one, and it's one week. But looking at their offense, they had pace, you know, and looking at people were laughing at the, the move that they made, making Kellen Moore, their backup quarterback, their offensive coordinator this season. You know, no, everyone's like, really? Kellen Moore, your, your offensive coordinator? So now, you know, you see their offense. They really have three legit weapons that produce in this game, and Amari Cooper and uh, Gallup and Randall Cobb. You know, Randall Cobb has mm-hmm. came back from the dead now. You know, he showed up now, and he had a touchdown, you know, and off four or five targets, you know. Um, and so he looked really good. And so he, he, he's somebody that should be considered, you know, in maybe 10 to 12-man leagues. So it's, it's you know, and Jason Witten, how about that? Say the old he was man. in the booth, you <laughs> yeah. know, last year. And now Jason Witten, he out back catching touchdowns. So, I mean, I'm impressed with the Cowboys and what they did. Um, you know, they didn't run Zeke, you know, that much. You know, and Pollard, he actually was their change of pace back in this game. I don't know if they're just kind of bringing Zeke along slowly because he's missed all of camp. That's what they but, say they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, again, they still look impressive in this game against the Giants. And so, um, they're a team to watch out in the NFC. Yeah, Pollard had 13 carries and Zeke had 13 carries, so we expect that not to, you know, to carry on. But, you know, yeah, you're you right, Los. I mean, Cobb came back from the dead, man. He looked really, really good. Uh, Jason Witten looked good. Like, you know, Cowboys did. Now, granted, Cowboys fans, mm-hmm. calm down. We know how y'all get. Y'all going to win it every year. <laughs> y'all going to be a contender. Y'all, y'all were facing one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, uh, to me, gi- the Giants and the Dolphins, 1A, 1B, are the worst teams in the NFL. So, But y'all handle y'all business. We're not going to take any credit from y'all. So, you know, I I, I, I can go along with that. Um, 
another impressive performance that we we can't go further without mentioning. No, I'm not gonna mention the Saints. I will. I will say that I do feel like the um, the the Jag. I mean, the Chiefs had a great showing, and just living up to the hype of what they've always been. We all know that they have a high powered offense. We all know that they are who they are. But you know, just the fact that they won the way that they did and they dominated, then you know, I, I have to give them that credit. Uh, uh, so let's go with the least impressive teams that we got. Uh, I know we, we y'all, we not gonna cheat. The Browns, we yeah, already know already, that. We're not gonna go with the Browns. We already know the Browns, but but you know, let's take them away. I'm, who who you got? Uh, for me, I'm gonna say the Bucks. Um, not that I had such high expectation for the Bucks, the Bucks but trash. I really don't think that the 49ers are that great of a team, and they really made the 49ers look pretty solid. Made the 49ers look like they have a pretty lockdown defense. Um, that offense is is nothing other than you can call it putrid. Like they were terrible. Damn, putrid. Uh, what, what <laughs> putrid. Yeah, uh, putrid. Yeah, out the out Nah, um, but Jameis Winston was terrible. His decision making was terrible. Um, the three interceptions. Like I said, the last interception to me was the the absolute worst one. Um, the only positive it seemed like they kind of found a little bit of a running game there. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, it just wasn't good. Mike Evans got pretty much shut down. Uh, O.J. Howard didn't really have an impact. Sound like to me, you just salty that Mike Evans didn't have a good game. Well, I don't care. He's not on my team. Uh, (laughs) Nah, he's not on my team at all. But O.J. Howard is on my team, and I was expecting more out of him. So he was a little salty about that. Yeah, I was a little salty about that. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, it still worked out for my team regardless. But I think that they would – that was just uh, a really lackluster and embarrassing performance, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I mean, it's nothing more to say there. I mean, the books have been declining for a while, and I think it starts at the helm. I mean, we got to start. I mean, Jameis Winston, and I like Jameis Winston. <laughs> this is a hard <laughs> job, man. I, I be liking these dudes, yeah, yeah. man, but I know if they listen to me, they probably think that I don't. But I do. I like Jameis. And I've been one of the ones that's been very vocal about him. Like, this is the year. He's going to get it together. This is the year. This is... But now he's in, what is this, his fifth year? Like, when do we start, like, saying, like, he is who he is? Like, at what point do we start saying that Jameis is, is not the franchise quarterback? Like, what? I mean, how many chances are we going to give him? I think this is it. I think this is this is final chance to prove it. And honestly, if he don't prove it at this point, I think they need to go in another direction. And the way that their team looked week one, it seems like they might be in prime position to go and grab one of those top QBs out there in the upcoming draft. So I think this is, is the proving grounds for them. Yeah, man. I, I mean, if you if he can't get things together with, you know, what's been long known as like the QB guru, you know, and uh, Bruce, uh, yeah, Bruce, Bruce what's Arians. his name? Bruce Arians. Bruce, Bruce Arians, yes. Um, you know, he, he's not going to get it together. You know, they put him in a system that is quarterback friendly, and he's still turning the ball over. His biggest issue has always been turning the ball over, and he just keeps making these ball-head mistakes. You know, he's not on the same page as his receivers. Things like that always happen. You know, you can we can point the finger. You know, ultimately the decisions and stuff always fall on the quarterback. Um, so, I mean, it's one of those things like, you know, everyone thought, came in saying, hey, he has two big weapons in Godwin and Mike Evans, you know, um, but he still just keep making these bad decisions. You know, I don't I don't know what's, what it's going to take for him to make, 
solid. He made plays where it's like, okay, all right, he ready. He, he, he you know, this is going to be a big year. Then you see the next few plays, and you're like, what, what is he doing? Where is he throwing it, you know? So it's just it's going to have to take that with him. And I just think, you know, if you don't get it together, eventually he's just going to be a backup somewhere, somebody's backup. Yeah, I agree. So my disappointing team would have to be the Steelers. I mean, we all saw what they did last year without Le'Veon Bell, and James Conner didn't perform well at all. I mentioned Ben Roethlisberger, how bad he performed. He didn't seem as though he was really into it at all. Uh, you know, granted, you know, like I mentioned, Juju wasn't able to get open. Uh, Dante Moncrief had a plethora of drops. Oh, my goodness, he dropped the ball so much, man. He was targeted so many times. He, I think he was targeted like 10 times, and he didn't. He was only able to come up with the ball maybe three times. I'm guessing, but that's how I felt. Uh, but, you know, it, it just, you know, they're going to have to go back to the drawing board. And, you know, we know with the Steelers, if they can't get their running game going and the offense just doesn't flow. So it was just disappointing to see them not even be able to put a touchdown on the board in any type of way. I know I had been on my fantasy team, but not to not only see not a touchdown be posted at all in that, in that house fence and, you know, the Steelers for the past years, we know that they had Antonio Brown, which was debatably the best receiver in the game. As well as Le'Veon, who's the best running, who's debatably the best running back in the game, but I mean, they finally looked as though they lost Antonio Brown and Le'Veon. Like Le'Veon, I mean, they they you know they, they thought they had a new Le'Veon and James Conner, but like I was telling you guys, man, Le'Veon is special. James Conner is just good, and uh, James Conner, he looked like James Conner. <laughs> like no. he, you know, he didn't look too good at all. I mean, I think mean, one thing I, I like, though, um, is Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones looked actually good, you know what I'm saying? Um, I was looking at him and his carries, you know, he looked like he was a player that's ready to emerge in that backfield with Peyton Barber, who's, who to me, is not even worth being on a roster. It's like, you, you're going to never get a huge game for Peyton Barber unless he trip over the goal line a couple times, you know what I'm saying? You're never going to get the, the huge output. So I'm looking at Ronald Jones. I was really impressed with, you know, what he did in that backfield and seeing, you know, if he can emerge as that maybe a flex option in fantasy leagues, um, you know, and another bust, you know, let's talk about it. O.J. Howard, you know, how, how high was this guy getting drafted in leagues? You know, fifth, sixth round. And, he, and you know, if you watch that game, Cameron Brake still, you know, two touchdowns was called back on Cameron Brake, but he's still the main target of Jameis Winston when it comes down to – the goal line in the red zone, you know, he's still looking Cameron Brake. So, O.J. Howard was one of those players that were overdrafted. You know, again, I don't want to overreact, but, you know, each year you look at the, the, the trend of things, you know, whatever reason, Jamin Winston always target Cameron Brake in the goal line instead of O.J. Howard. Um, and so that that's for the O.J. Howard owners. I would just be aware of that, you know. It's, he he, he going to be inconsistent. Yeah, so, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, so who you got? Who 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 was your most disappointing team? Oh, my most disappointing team has to be the Atlanta Falcons. You know, there was a team that you thought that they were going to be impressive. If it wasn't for their garbage time touchdowns um, in the fourth quarter when the game was out of hand, um, you know, you look at the, the the box scores. You know, they were down fourteen nothing at the end of the first. They're down twenty one to nothing at halftime. And then they were down 28 nothing going into the fourth quarter. You know, the game was out of hand at that point. And then that's when they ran off and had, these, I believe they scored twice. And, you know, Matt Ryan, you know, padded his stats. And Julio Jones got a garbage time touchdown, too. 
that, you know, I didn't make it look as bad. But pretty much all game, they were getting beat and beat bad. You know what I'm saying? That offense did not look good. You look at Devontae Freeman, he didn't. He looked lost. You know what I'm saying? And then you look at Julio Jones, who a player that just got paid as the highest played receiver in the league. You know, he wasn't, you know, things weren't clicking for that team. You know, I give credit to the Vikings, but that's a team that was disappointing. You know, you thought that they would play better against, they would match their competition in the Vikings in week one. They got it handed to them. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. And as a Saints fan, I'm always great. I'm always happy to see the Falcons fail. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, overall, I think, you know, the NFL has been great uh, this week. Uh, the Saints, you know, we played last night. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a Saints fan, but that was a great game. Uh, probably the, the best game of the week. Game of the week. No doubt. So, it was. It you know, was. Um, but how y'all guys feel like we almost got squandered by the refs again, man? And I'm not just saying that. Hey, everybody's saying it. Like, I wasn't going to make a big deal of it. But, it, it, you know, they did take 15 seconds off the clock from us, man. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I think it's the pressure of that dome, man. They, those refs get in that dome, man. <laughs> <laughs> they, they lose their whistles. They lose their mind. I think it's really in that you, you heard the commentators and the refs, the previous refs that refs before talk about it, how it's the most hostile area. It's the, so much pressure in that dome. I think it is the pressure of the game and the fans. And people, you know, knowing especially what, what happened last year with the no call, um, that people are – you know, those refs are feeling the pressure, you know what I'm saying, that they want to make the right call, and they what they feel is making the right call all the time. Trust me, I know they don't want to purposely, you know, miss a call because they know what comes with that. You know, refs and stuff have been fired and stuff in the past. They obviously don't want to lose their job. I just really think that the pressure is causing them to make mistakes, you know, instead of making the right calls. Yeah, I don't really have much to add to it, man. Oh, y'all, come on. <laughs> y'all got to know what it does, man. But that's that's besides the point. Like, no, the reason why nobody's talking about it and it wasn't made a big deal, like the Rams situation, is because we won. But, I mean, they, they got to figure it out, man. They, they, you know, they, I mean. But do you think ultimately with that call, you think y'all would have, like, scored a touchdown or something on that drive? Possibly. I I don't I that would have been a difference maker if it could have resulted in a touchdown, but if it still resulted in a field goal and a made field goal, then that still that would have made a difference. It wouldn't have impacted the bottom line of the game. Why wouldn't it? Because the Saints would have still had to come back at the end of the game and get a no, field goal. No, we're not. Not if we got another field goal. We we won by by what we won by. Yeah, but think about this. All right, so you won by that amount. All right, if you just break it down mathematically, which y'all won by two points, right? Yeah. Y'all won by two points, so you add three points to that. Y'all win by, what, five points or whatever? So think about this. You still would have had to come back and get a field goal no matter what at the end of that game because the lead still would have been. No, bro. The Texans still would have had the lead. No, bro. I'm saying the Texans still would have had the lead. I'm saying this. We I will say this, and I'll give you this. We don't know what will happen, what would have happened if – they would have called that curriculum. We've got a field goal, but I will say this: is that based on the lead and based on the score that's on the scoreboard, you do tend to strategize differently. Meaning, that's true. The Rams and the Saints together would have played that half differently. So, who not would, the Rams? Y'all wouldn't play. I mean, the Rams. Texas. Look at you got <laughs> you got week two on your ready. mind already. <laughs> you got you got week two on your mind already. No, I, I feel you. I feel so you that, I all you I'm that. saying is that I can give I, you that. Yeah. So I'm saying that. To Texas might have had a different, yeah, no, a different I, I feel that. And I, I mean, they they messed up. I acknowledge that. Like they, 
that was definitely an obvious blatant mistake. Yeah. So I mean, I what do y'all think know. about D Hop body slam? <laughs> I think bro, I ain't no D Hop was that strong, yeah. bro. D just say he was trying to get the man down, bro. He not used to coming in and making strong. a normal tackle or nothing, man. Yeah, no, nah, that was impressive, but I, I mean, what y'all think yeah. about D Hop giving Lattimore that work? Oh, I think D Hop give anybody yeah, that work. Yeah, he give man. anybody. I mean, I, I will say this though. I, I mean, I was kind of disappointed in the secondary. I mean, in PJ Williams and Eli Apple, man, they they gotta go, bro. Cause when it when it comes to us facing a team that's 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 slanging it, that a, a quarterback can throw fifty yards on the dime, we struggle. Because if they have a slack, if it, I look at late in the game when uh, D Hop caught that cross, and what is Marcus Williams? Why we in a zone? Like why didn't he step up? Like why are you giving him so much room? Now, granted, you can't. I mean, D-Hop will make anybody that's, that's look what, silly. See, that's, that, but, that's where I am with you, no, man. man. I, that's, yeah. Honestly, we that's why. 10 years, for, 10 yards near. Okay, I, I get you. And I think that y'all will improve. Once again, this was week one. We got to keep that that mindset. This was yeah. week one. But honestly, the Texans' offense is going to do that to a lot of teams. Their deep threats are going to do that to a lot of teams. But Ramon, D-Hop is going to do that though. to a lot of this teams. This not the only game. Look, I'm like, this has been two, three years since they've been on our team. That that P especially PJ. I mean, well, we know PJ it. getting burnt. At least he averaged getting burnt at least twice. twice I mean, we a game. we talked about that many times off air. Like I agree with you honestly with that, but I'm just saying like I can't use this as just the ultimate and, thing to to in, indict them. Like if it was somewhere, it wasn't a true weapon. We talking about D Hop, who's arguably the best receiver in the game. We talking about other deep threats and burners with like you know Will Fuller is a burner. Kenny Stills, I mean, Saints fans know, you know, what Kenny can do from time to time. So, I mean, I can't I can't fault them too much for it. You know, we, we do know PJ, that's the weakness there. So, um, so Los, Ramon, I'll deal with you later on <laughs> in, the, in the football season. But for week two, Los, my Saints face your rounds, man. I mean, all I got to say, bro, is that if my secondary play like we played against the Texans, if PJ play against the Texans against freaking Cooper Cup, they won't. Man, I hope they won't. They won't. Because guess what? You know, players rise to occasions. And the the, the (laughs) Saints have had this game circled on their calendar for a long time. And the the Saints team will be fired up. They'll be you know, you will see a defense, probably an impressive defense, and you probably won't even see the high scoring like you want to. You probably actually see a low scoring team where the defenses are showing up. Um, so I expect our secondary to clean that up, watch a little film, and get things correct. Um, and you know, and these are two teams that's faced each other quite often over the you know the last few years. So you know, they're a little familiar with each other. So um, you know, the Texans. I don't know how often you guys play them in their system, but I think you guys. I think uh, you know, plenty, plenty. Um, y'all last year and then playing each, y'all in the playoffs, you know, um, you know, I think Sean McVay and that defense are familiar with what the Rams like to do um, to get things started. And so I think um, I think your, your defense is going to play better. But I think it's going to be interesting. The interesting thing to I'm really looking forward to is uh, seeing seeing how, um, you know, how Cooper, Cooper Cup can show up against the slot, you know what I'm saying, or seeing how much – you know, Ty Gurley, we didn't really touch on that a lot, but Ty Gurley. He was a dud. Usage, you know what I'm saying? He, Ty Gurley wasn't a Ty Gurley. Of, he didn't get any of the goal line work. You know, that was Malcolm Brown. Even 
Daryl Henderson got a touch in the in the goal line work. So again, I told you guys this, and I thought I don't know if you guys thought I was joking, but I was really off Todd Gurley for that reason. The Rams did everything this off season that showed that they will not feed Todd Gurley like they fed him in the past, where Todd Gurley leads the league and lead running backs and rushing touchdowns. He's not going to be that this year. The Rams are thinking long term, you know, and I said that before. I think. You know, he's going to be that 15-touch guy. He had 15 carries for 97 yards, This, you know, which isn't bad. But is that worth the first-round pick? To me, no. You know what I'm saying? Maybe second, third-round pick, yes, in fantasy football. But um, Malcolm Brown, you know, he can give you some flex option appeal, you know, going forward. He he, he is going to be involved. You know, Daryl Henderson, I think as I think the biggest thing what people don't realize, I think Ty Gurley is going to miss games this year. Where we get a good record and stuff, they're going to rest Ty Gurley and Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown is going to share that backfield, um, you know. But right now, Daryl Henderson to me is not worth holding on the roster, you know, for one or two games that he's going to play heavy, heavy snaps. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm just so give me your prediction of, of the score, bro. I think um, I think um, I think the Saints going to win. I, I mean, I'm saying wow. that as a fan. I think. Wow. I think the Saints are going to pull it off. Man, no, man, he used a reverse psychology. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think the Saints are going to win, but we're going to face the Saints again in the playoffs and beat them. What's the, what, I think what's that's the score? what's going to happen. I think the Saints are going to beat us. The Saints, I the think the score. Saints are going to come out. Oh, I'm going to give you, I'm going to say uh, 28-24, Rams finish with the ball, but can't, can't, can't get it in the end zone. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking 27-23. Uh, Saints winning. My thing is, uh, ultimately, what concerns me, I, I think my, my defensive line stepped up to the occasion. Now, you can't really gauge it because the Texans has been a terrible offensive line for the past two years. So, it's kind of maybe even beyond that. But, you know, more more relevant now since they have finally have a great quarterback. If Deshaun Watson can do what he's doing with that trash uh, offensive line outside of Tunstall. Wow. More news. I'm sorry. I'm going to cut you off. Antonio Brown accused of three separate rape incidents or in assaults, um, according to the federal lawsuit filed Tuesday. <laughs> just like that, Antonio Brown already in trouble. We were just talking about it. I didn't mean to cut you off, Rod, but I just wanted to say that. Yeah, man. We're going to talk about it, I guess. I don't really feel like talking about that dude no more, though. But, yeah, uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that I, I, you know, it's hard to, to gauge, but our defensive line looked really good. We, we got six sacks last night. Um, I do, I do like what we did against the run. We, we was pretty, uh, pretty uh, good against the run, decent against the run. Not, not as good as I like. I think we shot ourselves in the foot with penalties, bro. Like it was, it was times in the, in the, we was in the red zone, and you know, we it's third. I think at one time it was third and seventeen, and we, we actually, I think we got an interception, but uh, Cam Jordan lined up offsides. It was another, another, another situation where. You know, it was it was time a third down in the red zone again, and it was time to get them off the field, and we couldn't do that. So uh, because of a of, of a holding penalty. So I mean, if we do that against y'all, which could be like like Ramon said, could be just week one, uh, growing pains. Uh, but if we do that against against y'all, we're gonna lose. Plain and simple, we're gonna lose bad because I think that y'all can y'all have an offense that that loves to execute, but. I'm not comfortable with P.J. Williams going uh, defending Cooper Cup. I'm not comfortable with Eli Apple having to defend uh, defend uh, Robert Woods. I'm not comfortable with that. So, but we'll see. We'll see. So, uh, Los, I mean, Ramon, give your 
you know. Yeah, I mean, I think um, honestly, going into this matchup, uh, it's gonna be really a high and intense matchup. Both teams are gonna be, of course, obviously at the top of their games. I see the Saints um, honestly taking this one. Uh, I like a thirty-one to twenty-seven type of game, um, and I think that that ultimately, you know, it'll just be kind of that revenge type of factor. Uh, where the Saints will end up pulling it out, but uh, I still think that those are the your two top or two of the top three teams over there in the NFC. So I think that once again, just like last season, how it was kind of a preview of what was to come in the playoffs, I think you can once again potentially see a rematch uh, in the playoffs as well. So I mean, that's how I view it. Just a quick little landscape of it, but see the Saints coming out victorious in that one, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I agree. So, Antonio Brown in trouble again, man. How far y'all think it's going, bro? Like, like Carlos I, mentioned, man. I, you know, Carlos, I know. Carlos mentioned it, so I saw it. I wasn't gonna mention it, but I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. I, yeah, I almost man. don't even want to discuss it. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm just a, sick of this AB saga. All right, well, we'll move um, on. Carlos, you want to add something to it? Are you tired of I, it? Too? I, I think I'm <laughs> being a Josh. Gordon owner, you know, I would like to see him be suspended, man. Oh, no. <laughs> come on, man. It's deeper than that. Right. This man serious accusation, man. This man thinking with his fantasy football. <laughs> all right, all right. All seriousness, though, if this, all these reports are true, um, I, I think, you know, I don't know how you can roll him out there and play football if all these, these stuff is true. I think you got to. Set him out until these things clear up. But knowing the Patriots, they always get away with everything. You want them set out, huh? The Patriots always get away and find a way, you know, to get around stuff. And he'll probably end up paying somebody off and getting off. I mean, I'm going to be honest and I'm going to be real. I think he, you know, if these are true, and, you know, the stuff that I just read on him, the incidents that happened, you know, he doesn't deserve to play football if he's done this thing. And, you know, he really, he needs to, he needs to do some time, be suspended for this stuff. Uh, but you know, it's just, it's just all that depends on how fast this stuff plays out. So uh, he probably still end up playing. All right, there you have it. So on week two, week two of the college scene, we finally got to college football for you college football heads out there. You asked for it, we delivered. Y'all said y'all want us to do more college football coverage. So here we go. The most <laughs> impressive team so far. In college football, I think we collectively agree, and I'm not being biased because a lot of analysts are saying it. LSU for LSU have been looking awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you look at how they come out, uh, you know, just come out. All you're seeing is three, three, no less than three wide receiver sets every time they come out, and you know it's two wide receiver set, eye formation running up yeah. the good. So, I mean, it was nice to see Joe Burrow. You know. Bro, he is accurate. I yeah. saw some NFL throws. Justin Jefferson, I saw some NFL catches by him. And the talk around town is not LSU's defense. It's, it's LSU's mm-hmm. offense yeah. for the first time in, like, maybe since 03. You're talking about yeah, our so. offense instead of our defense. Yeah, it, it's been a long time coming. We done went through some very tough years in the offense. Uh, but as you said, coming into this year, you know, you heard all the hype of what Joe Brady was doing with the offense, what he was bringing to it, how he and um, Steve Ensming were working together. 
Uh, but it was still kind of, you know, I want to see it to, to believe it type of thing because we've heard similar things in the past. And what we've seen through these first two weeks has been extremely impressive. Uh, week one, we saw an offense put up 42 points in the first half. Drum, you know, seeing Joe Burrow only have to come and play one series in the second half. And then you were like, okay, well, that was against an inferior opponent. What does it look like against true legit competition? Mm. And then you see those guys walk into Austin and um, be unstoppable in a way, way game. In a way game, uh, you know. Yeah. I I I did initially think we was gonna blow them out, but you know Texas got some horses, man. Yeah, that defense is is probably one of the more athletic, fast defenses that you'll see in the country. And you know they they stepped up to the occasion. Yeah. Now, now, granted, we did have you know Justin Jefferson had what eight receptions, hundred. We had three receivers with a hundred oh, yards receiving. Uh, oh, Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, with Jefferson Chase and uh Marshall. Marshall. I mean, Marshall impressed too because he coming out of high school he was supposed to be he was a, like the, he was number, the number one receiver. He was the number one receiver. So, you know, and he's stepping up. Now yeah. he his talent is starting to yeah. show. It's and, just so refreshing. And see, and see the big thing with Marshall was that his senior year he suffered such a catastrophic injury that last year he was still kind of in recovery mode from mm-hmm. that injury. So now he's like fully removed from that. And that receiving core, those three guys right there are pretty much unstoppable. They all had their moments in the game. Marshall was the one that kind of opened it up. And then Jefferson had his moments where he was unstoppable. Then Chase came back in and was destroying Jalen Green, who was a really talented corner that actually almost ended up at LSU. So, uh, you know, it was just a really impressive performance. And I think, too, under the radar, now people aren't going to give this guy that much credit because – He's not dynamic like we've seen, you know, our last few running backs with Geis and Fournette and your Jeremy Hills of the world. But Clyde Edwards-Elair was still effective. Um, I think he averaged about 5.8 yards uh, per carry in that game, and he picked up some big-time blitzes that were coming, including the blitz on that third and 17, mm-hmm. uh, which ended up being basically the game-winning play right there. He came in and stood in there, picked up that blitz that gave Joe Burrow the opportunity to slide over in the pocket and eventually find Justin Jefferson um, on that play. So that was the that was the probably the throw the most impressive throw I've seen all week, man. Like to to avoid pressure and to yeah. throw it, and it wasn't really like he was really completely on two feet. Like no, he had he to kind of shift. I mean, Joe Burrow, man, he he's making me a believer, bro. Like I mean, some of the throw like that Justin Jefferson touchdown that he threw. Uh, where Justin had to fully extend. That was an NFL catch and the NFL, NFL throw, throw there. Because yeah. he you threw know? it the only place where the DB couldn't really get to it. Like, there's no way the DB could have made a play on that ball right there. Um, so, I mean, LSU, uh, they, Chase Sloan looked good. Yeah, how about Stingley, though, man? How bro, about Stingley? Man, he's a dog. That was an interception. Look, Derek Stingley, bro, <laughs> if, if nobody else give you that that credit, that was an interception, bro. bro. That was so impressive that the refs didn't even yeah. – couldn't even see it. Right. Look at this, bro. Christian Fulton, preseason All-American. Christian Fulton will most likely be a first-round draft pick. At the latest, he'll be a second-round draft pick. He's a senior on the team. You know what they decided? We're going to go at Fulton instead of going at Derek Stingley. Right. That lets you know how good Derek Stingley is 
as a true freshman, his first real test going on the road, yeah. and nope, they still haven't caught a, a pass on him yet. Like they counted something when he was playing like zone coverage, but as far as being in man coverage, he still is not allowed to catch so far this season. And he was just dominant out there. Like I've never seen a true freshman be that good that early. I haven't seen it. And uh, Clyde Edwards, I mean, I was kind of tough on him last week, but he looked really That's good. That's what I was saying, the 5.8 yards per carry. You said that? Yeah. My bad. Yeah. yeah. You must have <laughs> been in the zone or something else. I, I, but, I gave him a little credit because a lot of times people down talk yeah, Clyde. He, I mean, but, I was looking at his footwork, his vision that he had. Uh, in tech. He was locked in, and he had, a, he had uh, some good runs, and he was very impressive to me. But uh, that offensive line, I mean, get a offensive line some credit, bro. They keeping Joe Burrow clean for the yeah. most part. Uh, he's able to stand up strong in that pocket yeah. and 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 find those guys uh, like Chase yeah. and uh, Justin. Yeah. But Justin, his stock is rising. Oh my goodness, Justin yeah, is man. That, that dude, that dude is ridiculous. That dude, he, he made he, he's the best receiver I've seen since maybe uh, Jarvis. Oh, I say Jarvis. And the only reason people don't say, oh, what? Odell's the best? Like, yeah, he is. But in college, Odell wasn't what he was today. So, yeah. I think that I would say he's the best receiver since Jarvis to me. Yeah. And, and it's just ridiculous. And that's saying a lot because we all, had great yeah, receivers. And all three of those guys, that trio, like, we haven't seen a trio like that since the early 2000s. Like, when you think of, like, Dwayne Bowe and, and Buster Douglas yeah. and – um. You think of uh, early Doucette, that trio was a dynamic trio. Like, yeah. What this about one, Bird? Bird, you said Bird? Uh, Bird, that was kind of like a... So, when you had Bird and you had Brandon LaFell, I'm trying to think of who really was the third guy then, though. It was like... A, fuck, I know his name. I'm looking at him. Uh, he was kind of tall, lanky, dark dude. Um, well, he can't... You talking about... Uh, you talking about... Uh, he... He was kind of with them, but a little bit What's after him too. You talking about? Uh, I know who you saying because <laughs> he was the number yeah, one receiver when he came. Bo, huh? No, not no, the not Bo. the one. He was Bo. nice too. Yeah, we, that was the other trio. But we talking about the one. He was the number one. Tolliver. Yeah, yeah, Tolliver. Yeah. 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 yeah, he. he if, was, you, if you if you can't think of the name, nobody can. Yeah, bro. yeah. but yeah. Um, but let's let's do this then. Let's have a little fun, and then we got to get back to the business because I know. There are some other college fans, so we're going yeah, to right, do right, the scope. Right. But, I mean, I think that LSU just relevant in, in, on a national level anyway. But, anyway, Bama's wide receiving core with Judy, um, Rugs. Bug, Ruggs, <laughs> and uh, who's the other one? Uh, Waddle. Waddle. And Justin Jeff versus Justin Jefferson, uh, Chase, and, what's the- Our, and Marshall. Marshall. Our, uh to not be to not be biased, I would give a slight edge to Alabama. But when yeah. I say it's slight, at the end of this season, I think we could be looking at this differently. Right now, Jerry Judy is still the the best Ooh, receiver, best in the nation. receiver in the nation. Uh, Jerry Judy is going to be you know first round pick, top ten pick, potentially top, top five, five pick. Man, um, Jerry Judy is just a, a beast, and I can't wait to see that. That matchup and rugs, yeah. bro. He's so fast, yeah. bro. You saw that uh, little screen pass he cut. Yeah, that boy flying. So, so I, I would say to not be biased, I think Bama has to get the edge. But honestly, I think that LSU is is as close as you can get. And honestly, I think that as the season goes on, it's really going to be tip for tat. You could honestly make a real case for that LSU trio because Chase is ridiculous. 
as we mentioned, Jefferson, and then, you know, Marshall has come into his own as well, so. Man, but Justin Jefferson, bro, that boy, that dog. He just has a knack for getting open, bro. It's just, yeah, he, 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 he knack for getting and open. And that, that, that says a lot. And when Joe Burrow really needs it, just like back yeah, in the day when Ned Burker yeah. needed it, he was going to Jarvis. When, when Joe Burrow needed it in the big moment, he going to Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, so. Um, so, let's just do top ten. I mean, if your team is not in the top ten, boo-hoo, whatever. We're going with the best, the top ten in the country. Uh, I, it hasn't been much movement uh, this past weekend. Uh, but, you know, I think that we should talk about uh, Ohio State a little bit. Uh, just with Justin Fields and, and how well he's been playing. And Oklahoma with Jalen Hurts and how well he's been playing, which he hasn't played yeah. much, haven't had to play much. Yeah. But, you know, as 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 when you look at Jalen Hurts, he has the opportunity to put up video game type numbers just by the system that he's playing in. But what can you speak on? Because I've watched uh, I watched a couple highlights. I actually watched the, the week one game fully, and his accuracy is there. Is it has gotten better? He's become a better thrower, which uh, Los had in question of the week. Uh, but you know. Just you know, Jalen Hurts. I mean, can yeah. he can he can he really lead them into the playoffs? And what kind of what kind of playoffs would it be with an Oklahoma Bama matchup in their semifinal? Yeah, uh, honestly, I think that he does have the tools to lead them there. Um, he's a guy that, of course, has played on that big stage like that. So him coming from the program in Bama and seeing that type of success, um, he accepts nothing but the best. Like the, even week one after that performance. He was still talking about how his guys need to play better, that they're not playing at that championship level. And so, like you're saying, uh, you have seen him develop because, you know, when Hurts came into the scene, he was almost kind of like a running back that was playing quarterback because he was just such a good athlete. But now his passing has come along so much that he can dissect you in the pocket. He is a smart quarterback. Uh, he can read coverages. But also, too, if he gets down to it and things break down, then you know he can always get out of the pocket and make a play that way. Uh, so, honestly, I think that he'll be, they'll be a contender. I think that a big matchup, obviously, you know, as it happens every year, is going to be that matchup with Texas. I think that Oklahoma is going to truly get tested because Texas is a really good team. Yes. Um, and so We didn't even talk about their quarterback. Yeah, Ellinger. Ellinger. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was amazing he's in that game, and it was overshadowed by Joe's performance. But I mean, he's really, really good. Man. He's big like time. he, I couldn't even be upset about the type of scrambles that he was making to get first downs and the type of accuracy that he has. And you know, his accuracy has been in question. Yeah, uh, that was one of the, the the kind of the little knocks that they've had him. But I mean, his accuracy looked fine this Saturday. Yeah, so. nah, he's definitely improved over his time. I think truly as a freshman when he first came um, onto the scene and kind of stepped in there, it was you know accuracy issues as you can kind of case truly for a freshman. But you saw that improvement last year as a passer, and I think that he's going to even take the next step this year. Um, I don't really view him to me as a guy that I'm looking at as a, a premier NFL talent in that regard. So, I mean, I hope that's not too much of a slight to him. Um, but as far as on the college level and running that offense over there uh, in Austin, I really think that, you know, he is um, a very talented guy, a very talented passer over there. And I think that that, Ohio, uh, that game with them in Oklahoma will be uh, a really great game coming into yeah, as the season continues to go 
on. So sure, I mean, I, I agree with you, bro. Like, I think that he, you know, the fact that he's a freshman. I mean, I think he's one probably one of those quarterbacks that, you know, once he develop, once he get to that junior year, probably be ultimately Wait. the first round. Oh, you talking about no Ellinger? He's a junior. Ellinger's a junior? Yeah, he's a junior. He started as a freshman. He he started as oh, a freshman. Oh, okay. So he's made that much of improvement? Yeah, he started really? as a freshman. He's a he's a so junior. So he will now. be in the NFL this next year. Yeah, well, it, it remains be, to be seen. Yeah. I, I don't know. We'll see. Because they compare, oh, Coach O compared him to Tim Tebow. I was like, man, that's not a compliment. <laughs> yeah, it's a compliment at the college level. <laughs> not as the not at the pro level. I, I, I view him more as like an Alex Smith type of guy. Um, if you really pay attention to kind of what Alex Smith did um, in his times at Utah when Urban Meyer was over there at Utah with Alex Smith, um, he was a, a pretty solid passer, uh, but also, too, he can get out of the pocket. He can make things happen with his legs. And so that's kind of who I really equate him to. Let's talk um, about Michigan. They almost squandered it away in overtime versus Army. And only they only went there because of Miss Figo. I mean, by Army. I, I mean, what is, like, Coach Harbaugh, let's call it for what it is. It's kind of like with Jameis, no. bro. Like, I mean, you're not there. You're not doing he's well over, on he's this overrated. level. He's, yeah. uh, Harbaugh is yeah. overrated as a coach. Uh, when have you really seen him, as far as on the college level, get to the big one? When have you really seen his even offense transition really into the modern age offense? He's another guy that just year after year, how teams have looked at LSU in the past and said that LSU isn't going to be modern. I don't really see that modern game from from Michigan. Um, and he has a capable quarterback in Shea Patterson. Like Shea Patterson was the number one quarterback when he came out in that year, and to me, is a guy that has NFL talent. And I think that it's being squandered and wasted over there in Michigan. And then, most importantly, he can't beat Ohio State. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like at LSU, like the one of the blaring things that's on Coach O's resume is that he he hasn't beaten Bama. We've beaten top five teams. You know, his record against top five teams are really, really good. And the power top ten is really, really good. But you can't beat Bama. And your season is a waste if you can't beat Ohio State same way yeah. as Michigan. You can't beat Bama as LSU. So, I mean – Michigan, the fact that they're ranked at seven is just ridiculous to me. Yeah. I mean, they, they actually should have dropped a couple spots. If you watch that game, there's no way I could put them in the top ten. Yeah, they um, it was definitely a, definitely a tough performance for them. And um, I just really don't put stock into Harbaugh. And I he always focused on the SEC and always got remarks about the SEC. I think he needs to just focus on his team at this point and try to get them to the point where they need to be instead of having eyes yeah, on the SEC. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I wasn't too – I don't know who said it. Oh, that was Clemson coach who said it. He was like uh, – because, I mean, you know, people were saying uh, that, you know, Clemson – you know, he was just saying Alabama has an easy schedule, you know, and, you yeah. know, which I, I can understand that. But, I mean, still at the same time, I mean, you can't, you know – because they were trying to discredit they, them beating Bama. You know, and just was like, oh, it's Bama burnt out or whatever. And he's like, man, he got the easiest schedule. So, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Man. I should stop doing it. But, hey, but you get the point of what I'm saying. So, I mean, I, it's not much that has happened so far. I mean, the matchups, just like I say, they progress uh, week three. Uh, which, which matchups are you looking for in week three, bro? Honestly, in week three, man, it's kind of a dud. Honestly, I don't yeah, really see any nothing going big on, time, man. like yeah. prime time matchups in week three. Uh, so this week is going to more so be a dud. Like in the next couple of weeks, what I'm looking forward to 
Um, I think it's the weekend of the 21st, I want to say, is uh, when Georgia and Notre Dame meet up. That's kind of the next game that I'm looking forward to. Just uh, to see what – give me give us a better idea what the what the real scope is of yeah. – you know, because I, I think that, that that's important, I mean, in these earlier games to see who's really good and who's yeah. really not. Uh, I think that LSU has a top 10, so – Top is a top team and everything. I think that George, I think Oklahoma, Oklahoma is scaring me. And nobody's talking about them mm-hmm. at all. Like, they are literally scaring mm-hmm. me, bro. Like, it, it's just with Jalen Hurts, they have the ex- championship experience. They have a champion on their team. And a guy with a chip on his shoulder yeah, who lost his spot from Bama. Like, that team has all the Megans and he has all the talent around him. And that's another receiving core we don't really talk about, too, with Lamb and, and yeah. the guys and the crew. Yeah. I mean, they have a real talented bunch over there. So, you know, Oklahoma is a, is a team that I I, that I I think that they're really contenders. Bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. Trevor Lawrence, did he did he impress you more? Because week uh, one, no. he was kind of... Uh, I mean, he was he was better this past week, but I think the more so impressive thing was really that defense this past week. Sophomore slump for Trevor, man, because last year Trevor was looking amazing. Yeah, um, I don't think it's gonna be a full out sophomore slump because I think as they roll into ACC play, uh, the ACC is so weak that they're just gonna destroy teams, and I think he'll put up some big numbers, uh, in ACC play. Uh, but once again, they just show really how elite of a program they are. They I mean, A&M really had no chance in that game. Like, they really got dominated. Yeah. Venables, once again. Yeah, the score don't really suggest. Yeah. It was 24-10, but the score really don't suggest how yeah. much Clemson really dominated them. But, you know, A&M was another team that just, I don't know, I think that just because they're in the SEC, they become ranked. Like, they, they're never really that good to me. But yeah. anyway, Heisman contention. Yeah. Real quick, Joe Barrow. Oh, Joe Burrow. I think he really has to be in the conversation. Like I hate to sound biased, but he no, really it's the has landscape. To be in the, it's the true landscape. He man. has to be in the in the conversation. I think Jalen Hurts has pushed him his way into that conversation as well. And I, I think that um, uh, Judy. I think Judy. Yeah. You know, if he keeps playing like he's playing, could push his way into contention as well. And of course, Tua as well. Yeah. But. You know, we all know that the Heisman is pretty much right. a quarterback award. But. You got your off the the kilter running backs too. You got potentially Jonathan Taylor could find find his way into the discussion, and then Travis Etienne kind of has a chance as well. But it's really a quarterback driven award, as you were mentioning. Yeah, so. so. yeah, I got hurts. I got hurts doing it. You got hurts. Yeah, I got hurts. That that record breaking uh, performance, I got him. If he continue that, and he continue, he does. I mean, like everyone say, he run like a running back, which is impressive. You know, he if he can continue doing what he did, you know, I think he he has a shot of taking it home. And I just I love his story. You know, what I'm saying like you mentioned, Rob, losing that spot. You know, and everybody loves a redemption story. So if he can end up finishing strong this year and somehow beating Alabama, I would love to see that. I would love to see that and him get that award and go in the first round. I'm not worried about him beating Alabama because I'm hoping that they're not there and that LSU is the one representing. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, hopefully, him and uh, Joe Burrow will be sitting there, you know, neck and neck with that Heisman contention um, as we see this season progress. But like you mentioned before, it's still really early in the season. We're still kind of figuring things out, figuring out who are the true contenders, who are the pretenders. Um, and I think as we move past week three more so into like week four and week five, 
uh, you'll start finding out some things uh, truly about the landscape. But yeah, man, uh, I think that it's, it's a legitimate conversation though with with Joe man uh, and with Jalen, and you know just look at Jalen, you know the first year, you know they pulled him out, you know in the championship. Uh, and put two in to win it up to win it all. Two a struggle last year in the SEC championship. In the SEC championship, and they they put Jalen in, you know, and Jalen didn't, you know, they get the respect that he that he needed, and he made the best decision for himself. And to go to the to the quarterback or whisper a Lincoln Riley, that yeah. was a great decision. So, yeah, I mean, Jalen's scary. I mean, we all said the athleticism and the running that's there, yeah. the speed. But let this man get accuracy on his on his. He got an arm. Let him get accurate in yeah. which he has. Yeah. <sighs> I'm telling you, man. I like Oklahoma. <laughs> I don't know why I just do. So I mean, I think we did it again, man. I don't, I don't think we missed anything. Uh, we appreciate you for listening, uh, our listeners. Make sure that you follow us on low underscore benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to us, opinionated benchwarmers. You can spell that out and search it on uh, iTunes, on Google Play, on Stitcher, and uh, we're on iHeartRadio as well. So just make sure that you check us out on any of those platforms and leave a review if you can. If you And uh, if you heard this and you really, really like us, then make sure that you're sharing it. And uh, whenever we post our graphic on our page, if you share that, we appreciate the, the people that have been doing that, just sharing the episode with their friends on their IG, on their story. We, we appreciate it. We don't overlook it, and we don't take it lightly. So if you're doing that, we appreciate it. Again, shout out to Shadow Worlds Radio Network for carrying us and, and, and uh, backing us up on, 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 on their platform. We, we really appreciate it, and, and uh, we, we appreciate the new listeners that have gave, given us a given us a giving us a listen as you see i'm getting tired we, we yeah. had a long episode right. long episode long day. but until next time we enjoyed it man we hope that you enjoy this one we'll holler at you until we record again peace